0: We sat in the lobby of a hotel and talked about it. Uh, He was excited about it. I got more excited about it. And on a handshake, uh, right then and there, we started Michael Walter brewing. We didn't even actually uh, get to any kind of contracts or paperwork for another over a year.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the cusp show where we talk about the business of sports, media, business, engagement, disruption, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito here in the middle of July, 2023. I am flying solo today as my co-host Tom Richardson is off enjoying a bit of July vacation. Uh, But we're gonna talk about something today which is very much akin to summer and enjoyment and responsibility and branding, which is the business of really kind of the brewing business tied to personalities especially this personality tied to NASCAR. Um, Brian Sperber is the CEO of Michael Waltrip Brewing. Uh, Michael Waltrip, NASCAR, iconic name, um, entrepreneur, business person, uh, now in the brewing space, which, again, continues to grow, you know, any beverage, way, shape, or form, especially when tied to an athlete. But we've never really talked about kind of how these things come together, uh, how they work how athletes are engaged uh, and how they pick their businesses and then how they run. So Brian, uh, Brian, welcome to the Custer Show.
0: Uh, thanks, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the uh, the invite. Cool. Why don't you, well,
1: before we get to the particulars of, of your day job now, you've kind of had this interesting back and forth um, from NASCAR and various places and consulting and, and, and big businesses, touched by kind of the the brewing side, the the you know the, the athlete engagement side. So why don't you kind of walk us through your career a little bit before we get to how Michael Waltrip Brewing works, how it came together, and what it's doing today?
0: Yeah, I, I started yeah you know, working for NASCAR uh, essentially right out of college. So uh, yeah, that my my joke is that uh, you know Ben Hur was uh, was racing back then, but. Uh, Uh, You know, it's very early, uh, you know, very early on, just started, um, you know, working in the business, Uh, I was involved in the uh, commercial, you know, commercial rights side of it and public publishing and then ultimately uh, sponsorship sales uh, at Daytona and um, then had the opportunity to be uh, president of uh, Watkins Glen in upstate New York for about five years um, and uh, chairman of the Speedway in Los Angeles. And president of Phoenix Raceway for about 17 years. And, and um, it was really there that um, I also got exposure to the alcohol business. And so we had this idea about, um, you know, getting involved in some brands and using assets with the racing world uh, to, uh, to um, get involved and exchange that for equity. And so that's kind of how it all, that's how it all came to be. But that was really my background was um, you know, almost always in, uh, you know, in, in various, roles within NASCAR, whether it's, you know, sponsorship or running racetracks or being involved in, you know, promotions and that sort of thing. And so that was, um, yeah, that was, and, and that's ended up serving me well as we've, we've moved into a different, uh, a different career, but, um, but yeah, that was, um, that was most of my background.
1: So I, I would say since sports has been around, you've seen athletes in various ways, shapes or form be involved with some form of public drinking. Let's call it, whether it was in the old days, you know, Roy Campanella opening a liquor store or so and so involved, Joe Namath involved very famously in in bars in New York. Um, That has really evolved to the point where the brewing, the micro brewing business, the energy drink business has really had athletes tied to it now for various reasons. Some take it for equity and slap their name on something and unfortunately never really get involved. Um, tell us kind of the, the Genesis, which that's probably not true for this, but tell us the Genesis of Michael Walter brewing, how it came about and kind of like, how does the business run?
0: Yeah. You know, um, and you, you rightly pointed out, um, you know, the uh, how, you know, athletes have been involved in alcohol and you know, in other celebrities. You know, probably one of the most well-known was, you know, George Clooney's yeah, famous exit from his tequila brand. But uh, there's mm-hmm. certainly been others. Conor McGregor from you know, UFC world, you know, recently. But, um, you know, when I was working for NASCAR, I was involved with a couple of projects uh, where we took a minority uh, equity position in a tequila uh, and I kind of quarterbacked that deal uh, and then worked with uh Coldstone Creamery and some Hollywood celebrities to develop another brand uh, which we were involved with and so I got exposure to that um side of the of the of the business world um you know back guess probably in the uh mid 2000s and I uh, really really liked it and I saw the the uh, parallel between what I was doing with with NASCAR and with, you know, what it took to be successful in the, uh, the alcohol brand business. And while I personally, um, you know, didn't, I'm not really a big fan with uh, the, you know, tequila or rum. I don't, yeah, you know, I certainly respect it. It's just not a personal favorite of mine. Um, I thought about, you know, what, what we could learn from all of that. And if uh, I was going to go out and do something on my own, um, you know, I would want to do something that I really liked and uh, you know, craft beer uh, certainly was, you know, at the top of that list um, list for me. And so uh, I was kind of contemplating what I wanted to do next as we were wrapping up a hundred and seventy eight million dollar, um, rebuild a Phoenix Raceway. And, um, you know, as my wife pointed out, you know, nobody wants to take a chance on a 72-year-old 2 first-time entrepreneur. So if I was ever going to get going, uh, you know, I needed to start thinking about that. And I was in, uh, of all places, Napa Valley, you know, which of course is known as, uh, you know, for wine country, uh, at an event with uh, Michael and uh, confided in him that I was having, you know, thoughts about maybe this was the right time to consider Uh, you know, scratching that entrepreneurial itch. And I had this idea about um, taking what I'd learned from these other alcohol adventures and applying that, uh, but uh, applying that uh, to the beer world. And so anyway, we, we sat in the lobby of a hotel and talked about it. Uh, He was excited about it. I got more excited about it. And on a handshake uh, right then and there, we started Michael Walter brewing. We didn't even actually uh, get to any kind of contracts or paperwork for another over a year, um we just kind of worked together as uh, as friends and we have another founder that um that joined us and so the three of us uh, just worked on the project and uh, and got it really uh, you know ready to formally turn into a company but uh, yeah in those those early days it was just you know as I was like to say kind of you know three three knuckleheads working on this business and we didn't really we didn't really know what we were doing and uh, but we were we were having a good a good time trying to learn
1: that's really interesting because usually That's not the way athlete naming investment partnerships come about. Usually you picture like, you know, Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or, you know, pick any other athlete or celebrity in a room surrounded by 11 lawyers and six branding people and four PR people. And whether that person actually shows up or not, Um, it's, it's more he, she, or they will give you the money. He, she, or they will put their name on it. They will expect equity out of it. And sometimes they're really involved, like Steph Curry is really involved with a lot of his businesses. Um, Some of them, you know, are signing up for things that they may never even have tried, as we've seen in the, uh, call it the crypto space for certain athletes. Um, You know, those were certainly not name products, but, but that was an issue. And, you know, you've seen other athletes and celebrities throughout the course of time, you know, endorsing everything from diet pills to, you know, things that they have no business doing because they don't even know they're just getting a check for it. This was done literally, as you said, on a handshake. Why was Michael Waltrip interested in this? And how did you know? Did you have any feeling that he would be the right person? Did you ever try and talk him out of doing this?
0: Yeah, you know, you're you're exactly right. And I think, I think um, that's what makes what we're doing really special. Michael truly is involved and he's been involved from the inception. And you know you're exactly you're exactly right, Joe. You see a lot of the you know in the celebrity sports um, you know landscape, uh, athletes lending their name to something, but not you know truly being involved, or or the or the ideas way down the tracks before they get involved, and so they're not really part of the the DNA that becomes the brand. Well, in this case, um, you know I had a, you know, the kernel of an idea, and um, you know Michael and I had been friends for for quite a while. And I just really respected, you know, his ability to connect with people. And I saw that, and it really, the light bulb sort of went off for me, uh, watching him on ABC's Dancing with the Stars, where, um, you know, America just kept voting for him over and over, week after week. And it was just, you know, really because of his down home uh, way to just disarm people and connect with them on a human level. And I remember watching it and thinking to myself, this is just an incredible gift. And we all, you know, know what you know, Michael was able to do behind the wheel. And that's, you know, also, you know, it takes incredible talent. But I think being able to just connect with people, if you know, whether it's a CEO or whether it's somebody, you know, taking an order behind a counter at a fast food place, I mean, they all come away with this instant. Um, you know, uh, uh, vibe with Michael. That's just in, incredible. And I thought, you know, that is uh, really powerful and we could build a, you know, build a business uh, around that as part of, you know, what we're, what we're doing. And so we, you know, we sat there and we talked about what we liked in beer and didn't like in beer and uh, how we thought, you know, we might be able to do things differently. And, um and I think it's just because, you know, we had known each other for, you know, so many years, you know, prior that he had comfort in knowing that I would, take great care in the brand and not do anything that uh on purpose that would embarrass us um and uh and vice versa you know I, I was very well aware of what Michael had done in the public eye for you know decades um and just the kind of person that he is and so that's how we got started but we went on our very first the very first thing that we even did at you know post handshake was we went to Denver uh, to meet with a brewery Master to talk about um, developing our very first recipe, and you know, and Michael's right there. And uh, the, the assignment that they gave us, which was really cool, was um, they asked us to go to a craft beer bar there in Denver and um, try as many beers as we could in the in the style wow. that we were uh, the, the style that we were interested in and then take notes about what we liked and what we didn't like. And then that they, that would serve as the guidepost to create our first recipe. So that was an awesome assignment. We had a lot of fun. They, I will tell you, the notes were, um, you know, uh, very specific at the beginning of the process and then got very general at the end. Uh, but uh, we had such a great time. And so, you know, literally Michael's hand uh, was in the very beginnings of the very first recipe. And so, you know, I think that's, why he takes such pride in what we do and why he loves what we do, because it's not the, you know, the quote unquote, the business guys creating something and slapping his name on it. It's uh, it's very much a part of his personality as it is mine and our other partner, Glenn.
1: So, so I would imagine as you got to the end of that night, there was lots of creative ideas being thrown around as more alcohol continued to kind of be consumed, which frankly, that's where a lot of great ideas have come from over the years. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, is extremely crowded, extremely competitive. Um, how important is it? You mentioned a little bit about having the Michael Waltrip brand tied to it in terms of that building consumer affinity right at the beginning, not just NASCAR fans, but you've said a lot of the other things that he's done versus how much of that is, boy, this really tastes good. Like, will people come in to say, I want that particular craft beer versus if it's good enough for Michael Waltrip, I'm going to give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great, that's a great point. And so there's about 9,000 craft brewery licenses in the US. You know, most of those, the the vast majority are very, um, you know, very small. Somebody may be making beer in their garage for their neighborhood or uh, an individual, you know, small brew pub that uh, maybe has some, you know, some modest equipment and they're just making a few beers for their bar. Um, so that's, you know, that's a lot of the, a lot of the licenses that are out there, but that said, it's still, there are a lot of craft beer brands in the marketplace and what, you know, what we've noticed with the exception of just a couple really, and you think of kind of national brands like Sam Adams or, uh, Sierra Nevada, for example, um, most of the craft beer brands are very, um, geographically centric, meaning that at the, um, uh that the brewery is or the brand is relevant uh only related to um you know its proximity to the brewery and so the further you get away from the brewery the less relevant the brand becomes and um you know we've all i'm sure experienced experienced that as you go to different parts of the country there are brands there that you've never heard of and and uh, and there's brands from there that you've never heard of at home so one of the things that we you know we identified with with our brand is that you know, Anywhere that NASCAR is important, um, Michael's name is known. And so whether it's from his exploits winning Daytona 500s behind the wheel of his, his race car or uh, his second chapter as a television analyst for Fox Sports, anybody that follows or, or, or cares about NASCAR knows the name Michael Waltrip. Mm-hmm. And so what that did for us was that gave us immediate brand recognition that wasn't geographically constrained. And so, you know, our brand can be just as popular in Alabama as it can be in, um, you know, upstate New York, uh, as it can be in Indiana, you know, in other parts of the country, anywhere people are watching NASCAR or are following it, they'll know the name Michael Waltrip. And of course, you know, that only gets, that only gets you so far that gets you, you know, to maybe they'll, they'll give it a try. The next piece of it is that the liquid has to be good. And that's something that's a non negotiable for both Michael and I is that our, our, the quality of what we put in the can or in the keg has to be excellent. It has to be a beer that we like and we would be proud to put our name on it. And I can tell you, we've made beers that didn't, didn't pass muster. And never saw the light of day, and that's painful to have to pull the plug on a project like that. It's it's expensive, um, but that is how much we care about the uh, the quality of the liquid, and 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 that's not a destination; it's a journey. You know, we're always working on how do we make a better beer, and uh, and we're really really proud of what we're putting out now. We've got some new beers that are going to go into uh, big multi-state. Uh, release here coming up in about the next eight weeks that we are super excited about. The quality is going to be you know absolutely on point. And I think people are going to be delighted. So we hope that the the Michael Waltrip name gets them to try it, but that uh, the liquid keeps them coming back.
1: Cool. Um, you've been involved in the spirits business, the partnership business before, what were some of the best practices and learnings? And what are some of the challenges that you brought from those other experiences to this?
0: Well, you know, we sort of touched on it. I mean, I think you know, if you're going to develop a brand, you know, with a celebrity, you've got to know that they're they're in they're they're in it, and it's not just a you know I want the check. And Michael and I actually had that conversation at our very first meeting, sitting in the lobby of the hotel when this this was <clears throat> being contemplated. And I remember you know saying to him that. Hey, you know, if we do this, I need to know that if we get a call and that, you know, we need to go to, you know, for a presentation to Walmart next week, I need to know that the answer I'm going to get is yes. And, uh, and he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I mean, I'm in, absolutely. And so right from the beginning, you know, we set, we set the expectations that this wasn't a licensing deal. This isn't you know, something that's a a hobby that we both are committing to do it and that we want it to be successful. And so he's been an awesome partner um, and has stayed true to that. And I think that has set the stage for, you know, us to have um the success we've had so far and and really set us up for even even more success in the future and so it's it is foundational from from that standpoint and and i've seen the other side of it where you know the celebrity or the athlete is you know just interested in the check and mm-hmm. um and that's all they care about and i've pulled the plug on a number of projects where that was the, you know, that was the intention from the beginning. And because you can just say it's not, it's not really going to work out, you know, at some point in business and especially small brands um, or, you know, new endeavors, it's um, a lot of bad news in the early day. That's all you're doing is fighting bad news and, you know, <laughs> trying to, trying to eke out wins where you can, because it, it's a, it's a, it's a cold world out there. But, um, and so you need to know who's in your foxhole, you know, is your celebrity partner or your other partners, are they willing to, you know, help fight? You, you're going to pivot a lot in those early days and are they in it um, to be successful or is it just a short-term, you know, money grab? And so you can see where it's, you know, some of the projects I've been involved with where they didn't have that mindset. And there's just no, there's no sense in going down the road if um, at the first sign of trouble that, you know, that's not going to work out. It's just not, it's not good use of their time. and certainly not, you know, for, for our team as well.
1: Cool. Speaking of money grab, um, obviously highly competitive business. Talk a little bit about the marketing side, some of the deals you've recently done, how important that is as opposed to saying, Oh, it's Michael Waltrip. People will just go buy it and it will show up on shelves. There's a whole business and a whole science into acquiring shelf life, you know, and cap space, um, all the things that you need. Um, so, so just talk a little bit about the business side of it, um, and how that kind of plays out in, you know, especially in the craft beer space. Like, how do you how do you make the noise, you know, you know, dollars invested in on the marketing side versus just you know the goodwill and, and the announcement side. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I so I think you know when you, we talked about the all the other. Uh, beer brands that are out there. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talked about from the very beginning is that, you know, we don't, we don't really view ourselves as a typical craft beer brand. Um, and we're not you know, proposing to do business the way a typical craft beer brand would do business. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, we just felt like, hey, we're the new kids on the block. Um, we don't come from that world. We come from, from the sports and entertainment world. Um, so, you know, we're going to try to do what we do best. And, and while, you know, we certainly know what great beer tastes like, um, we don't know how to make it. Neither one of us do. So our job is, you know, we're real good at, at drinking beer, Joe. We're not, yeah. so good, uh, you know, how, how it's made, but we, uh, so we hired, you know, really talented people to do that for us. Um, but what you know we are good at is is branding and promotion, and so we wanted to focus on that. And so we really brought a sports and entertainment mindset to the craft beer world. and And it was funny because when we started, um, this is all like we were just getting started right before COVID. So you know our timing was just awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it come right out of the gate, and then immediately get shut down. It was fantastic. But you know, as we were getting ready to launch, um, you know we were, we were talking about, uh, you know, we were partnering with another brewery and we were, we were talking about, you know, putting out a press release and hosting a kickoff party with Michael and, you know, local dignitaries and elected officials and stuff like that. And, and I remember talking to our, you know, our uh, partners at the brewery about that and, I should, I could have been speaking a foreign language. I mean, they looked at me like they had no idea what I was talking about. And it was at that very moment, I realized we look at this completely different than everybody else in the space. And so as we built the company, as we built out our our plan, um, especially for our next chapter that we're embarking on, it's really a sports and entertainment business that, you know, beer is central to what we're doing, but you know, we're, we are, um, you know, moving into a hospitality, uh, vertical we've, you know, signed and announced a recent, recently a, a partnership with a franchisor. And so we're taking the tap room concept that we have at our brewery in Bristol, Virginia, which is kind of our version of a sports bar. So imagine <clears throat> lots of TVs, great food. So, you know, just as we, um, care very much about the quality of our beer. We care just as much about the quality of our food. So our wings could, you know, consistently win awards, great hamburgers, et cetera. Uh, Lots of TVs, lots of sports, not just racing, but all kinds of sports going on. You know, we have music program, just, you know, it's a really fun uh, sort of entertainment tap room, if you might think of it that way. Um, And we partnered with this franchisor and we are going to roll out a hundred Michael Waltrip tap rooms around the country. So we're going to take what is really amazing about, you know, what we built in Bristol and be able to bring that to consumers and other parts of the country and the very, First store under that relationship uh, just opened a few months ago, right in the in the Charlotte DMA, and it's doing exceptionally well. And we've got so many unbelievable opportunities that are coming our way. I'm hoping to announce a really big one here this summer that I've been working on for a while that um, is a huge game changer for the brand. Again, doing something that no other craft beer brand has done. <clears throat> so we really, you know, look at it <clears throat> from a from an entertainment uh, standpoint in terms of hospitality, but, you know, we're also doing live events. We've got, you know, two different, uh, festival projects that, uh, we've got going. Uh, one is a series that brings country music and craft beer together in sports venues. Um, and so we're, we've, we've had a couple of those we're developing that project and, uh, there'll be more of those to come. Uh, we've got another project, uh, that is now in its second year. That's, um, Really takes the brand into car culture, so that's you know the um, collector cars and in sports cars and hot rods and just kind of all things on four wheels, um, and that that's called Bristol Sunshine Festival, and uh, that's the second um, year of that. Will second event will be in in um, in August. That's hugely successful. We'll be making. We'll probably be wanting to extend that into other markets coming up, um, and you know, and then from a um, um, you know, sports business mindset where we're also involved in licensing the brand. So we've got a couple of projects that will be coming out. We'll be announcing this summer uh, that we're going to uh, launch a line of marinated meats with another uh, celebrity partner. Uh, that'll be coming out um, sort of Southern inspired dishes that you can buy at grocery that you can make at home in a grill or, or um, on a skillet. Um, the merchandise we're getting ready to really amp that up um and you know in, in in beer of course will always be central to what we do um but we just have this different mindset so the way we go about promoting our brand with you know using events and using sports and personality um it's 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 just you don't see that really in craft beer and so we've gotten we've gotten um really favorable response from our um uh distribution partners and our production partners because they can't believe that you know that we're doing this and and they're really excited to see it see it develop
1: okay so a couple questions off of what you just talked about one is obviously this started sitting in a hotel lobby over a couple of cold beverages not the michael Waltrip name on um and started i would imagine with seed money and obviously it's a private company so we don't have to get into the numbers but is it to do this successfully in your mind given what you saw and what michael's done in his business was it less than seven figures more than seven figures more than eight figures to get it number one started and then how long was the burn rate on something like that Um, and then to get to where you're going to go now. And, you know, it's funny, like I think about what you're talking about and it's almost like Margaritaville, like,
0: yeah, Um, that's exact. That's, that's our, that's my, my, uh, my rock star in this space. I really look up to Margaritaville. That's my benchmark.
1: So, so how does, how does the money flow work? Um, you know, was it, I imagine the seed money came from Michael Waltrip's business, but then did you take on other investors and then what's the next step are you going out into the market to say, we need this amount of money to get to where we're going to go with this vision?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, so what's really um, kind of crazy about this whole thing, Joe, is that um, what we originally wanted to do was um, develop a licensing company and take, right. take the brand that we had um, developed, work with a brewery partner, and let them make great beer and let us do our thing um and you know earlier we talked about how the craft beer business is so different than what you know the world that i came out of um we couldn't find anybody that would even understand what the heck we were talking about and and so i'm sitting here going i know this will work we've got an audience we've got an amazing you know um celebrity involved with what we're doing um this is kind of a no-brainer and yet nobody they would want nobody wanted to do it with us so what we ended up having to do was go build the company that we were trying to find a few years ago. And so we completely changed what we were doing. Like we had no in, you know at the beginning I had no uh you know interest in owning a brewery and operating a brewery and dealing with you know distributors and all the stuff that goes into it. Um and so we had to completely change. And you know, in the very beginning, we didn't think that we would need much in the way of you know raising capital. Um, but um, you know, we raised a little bit of money uh, through friends round, um, the pre what I call you know the pre COVID round. And we were in that no man's land where we weren't operating at that point. So we didn't we didn't qualify for any PPP money. Um, but you know, we just sat there and just watched the 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 seed money that was raised uh, start to get, you know, expended because we had already signed a lease on a, on a building. And it was just, you had some staff at that point and it was just, you know, you had expenses, but no real revenue and no, no relief. Um, but you know, during that period of time, we got a phone call from one of Michael's friends who had uh, purchased a building in downtown Bristol. Of course, you know, one of the great racing capitals of America and said, Hey, we bought this, uh, old historic building in downtown. It's got brewing equipment. We have no idea if this is something that would work wow. for you or not. And we thought, well, we're not doing anything now. We're sitting around waiting for COVID to end. So <laughs> let's go out and look at it. So Michael and I and Glenn went out to uh, to Bristol, to take a look at it. And uh, Bristol is just a really cool town and um, close proximity to the speedway there. And the brewing equipment was fantastic. I mean, it's top of the line, um, in excellent shape. And we all kind of looked at each other and thought, well, you know, we could be in business here pretty quickly. So we ended up doing a partnership and signed a lease with uh, the folks that bought the building and um, completely pivoted. My wife and I packed up and we left Phoenix and moved out to uh, Tennessee. And we started working on this brewery and got it open. And so while we were getting the brewery up and ready to go, I ended up going out and raising another round of friends' money, um, the the post COVID round, uh, to get Bristol open, and um, and we were able to do it. So we uh, we started brewing our own beer there, hired a brewmaster again, like that was something I never thought we would do, and we uh, we uh, started making beer and worked on getting the tap room open, and we uh, were able to get it open. And let's see, so it would have been Labor Day of 2021 so we've really been operational not quite 2 years and uh got that up and going and so we raised you know a little bit of seed money to do that second round um and that that that's now been our proof of concept and we've gotten you know all these other um projects that are underway all these other deals that uh, have been signed and inked and now it's just um you know we're we're at a point where it's time to you know do a, a significant raise to fuel fuel the business. And so we're uh, in the, in the midst right now, actually of a, uh, reg CF, which is a, if you're familiar, the, um, it's a, um, crowdfunded equity raise on mm. the start engine platform. And so we're raising, um, capital right now from, you know, from fans of Michaels, fans of the brewery. And, um, and it's partly to Joe, not just the capital, which is important, uh, but it's also, you know, building a tribe. And uh, I was on the phone today with um, somebody uh, who's, you know, one of our, you know, retail investors that's coming in. And he's got all these relationships, you know, with racing and racetracks and his particular market. And I'm so excited because I'm like, that's exactly why. We're doing this because we want to build a huge team of brand advocates—people that know people and can open doors and help accelerate the growth of the brand. So, yeah, we're raising capital. We need capital to continue on our path, um, but we're also, you know, friend raising as well. And uh, we've got—I think—you know—we've only—I think the the offer has been open now, as of today, uh, about seven days. And we've got um, you know, 70 some, you know, individual investors have come on and we've got, uh, you know, about 170, 180,000 already committed. Uh, hopefully, you know, more folks will come on with us and you can find out more information at, you know, startengine.com. Just type in Michael Walter Brewing. I'll tell you every, everything and more that you ever want to know about what we're doing. But, uh, cool. but we're really excited about it because that'll help us do, you know, so many things to accelerate the growth of, um, of growth of the company.
1: That damn money keeps getting in the way of all this stuff
0: yeah Um, yeah you know and and it'll you know at some point we may do a big rate you know even a bigger raise you know more of um you know um uh, you know institutional high net worth uh type raise but uh for right now we're really excited about what's happening with this reg cf
1: cool um you talked about licensing uh and before we get to our final two questions i wanted to ask you about this because licensing always sounds like a great idea until somebody walks into michael walter brewing and Columbus, Ohio, or Anchorage, Alaska, and has a bad experience. And we've seen this time and again where, especially when you talk about how involved you as at running the business and Michael is as the visionary whose name has, is on it and is really hands-on, how do you control the quality of things when you're giving it to a licensee and it kind of explodes well beyond what you, you can actually keep up with?
0: Well, I think it—you know—it certainly it starts the way the company starts, where it ultimately it's people. And I think if you know a partner um, has the same vision around what the brand is, you know, you're going to get off to a good start. And so it it really starts with you know the who, and if the um, you know the potential franchisee or partner you know has the same vision that Michael and I have around the, you know, quality being first. Michael says all the time, you know, we're in the smiles business. And, Mm. you know, if they share that same vision that it's about, you know, creating memories and making people happy, well, that's a big part of the game. And the rest of it, you can learn, the rest of it can be managed, um, you know, through our franchise or partner. They've got, you know, a rock star lineup of, very seasoned executives from the restaurant and franchise world that have overseen, you know, multi-unit um, businesses across multiple states. And so, you know, from that standpoint, that box is checked. Um, but I, you know, I, it's I've always done it business this way as it comes down to the, you know, the person across the table from you. And do you look at the world the same way? And if you do, more often than not, any bumps in the road, any pivots, you'll be able to get through it. And there will be every, you know, I've never done any deals that have gone hundred percent smooth. So there's always issues. There's always problems and you need to look across the table and know that you've got somebody that's, you know, that's in your boat and you're in theirs and you're working to, you know, to get, get us to where you want to go. And if that's the case, then, you know, pretty much most any issues you're going to be able to, to get resolved.
1: Okay. Um, actually one more question before we get to our final two questions along those lines. As a, a franchisee, a franchisor, um, someone who is licensing out a name, I would imagine as this grows, you're going to get some of the more fly by night ideas like, you know, let's do Michael Waltrip, you know, vegetarian jerky, whatever it would be. Um, how do you know when to walk away from something if it's a lot of money? Uh, And you have to build the business or are you willing to take chances on using the name and, you know, someone talking about something could be wine. It could be, you know, other spirits. It could be diet soda. It could be water. Um, How do you know what fits or where you want to take a chance? And would you be willing to take a chance as we've seen with, you know, Starbucks going into the olive oil business instead of milk um, for some of their drinks? How, How do you know, uh, what fits and what doesn't, and would you, and when do you know when to make th- those chances that you that you um, could take on potentially as a license, as a, a brand license?
0: Well, that's a great question. I think you, you know, by nature of where we are as an early stage company, you know, we're very um, you know entrepreneurial driven right now, so we're we're used to taking chances. We wouldn't have gotten this far without taking chances. Um, so you know, we're very open to that. Um, we we like to say yes to a lot of things. Uh, that said, um, you know, I think, you know, we've got a really good feel for what Michael Michael's fans are about, what the brand is about. Um, you know, he's he's lived his own brand, you know, <laughs> all these years. So uh, he knows better than anybody. And if there's anything that, you know, I'm even um, a little bit iffy on, you know, we sit down and we talk about it. And very quickly, you know, he'll give me the right answer. and And it always is the right answer because, you know, it's his name. And so, you know, really, you know, very rapidly, we'll be able to determine whether, you know, that's something that we do feel like we want to take a chance on. And sometimes he'll roll with me, and I'll say, "Hey, look, you know, this is maybe a little outside what we would normally do. Uh, let's give it a shot." And we've done, you know, a number of those kinds of things, uh, you know, kind of from promotions and and different things of that nature. But um, you know, I think if it came down to you know any kind of a licensing deal that you know he and I just have to be in agreement. And more often than not, I just defer to Michael and. And, uh, you know, let him make the call because he knows he knows our audience better than anybody.
1: So the the Barbie craft beer is probably not going to be coming in the next two or three days.
0: I well, it may be coming, but it won't be from us. Uh,
1: yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, last two questions, which we ask all our, our, all our guests, Brian, so many things coming at you, the licensing side, the, the growth of the business, NASCAR, uh, some of the partnerships you're doing. How do you stay smart? where do you go for your information? What do you share with Michael? Uh, how involved is he on that that kind of information building path? And then, you know, really, really poignant and and, and fits this conversation is, as someone who's made a pretty big career pivot for yourself, um, what advice do you give to people coming along trying to do the same thing?
0: Yeah, okay. So, um... So, how do we run the business? I think you know somebody. I, I just saw this the other day, and they were they're uh, a big you know venture capital um, person that's in that field that you know, makes bets on different businesses and, and invest large amounts of cash. And it talked about how it's important that the entrepreneurs that they back are are smart, have a good idea, and so forth. But they said the number one thing that they look for, and it is the real. Measure of whether they believe um, an investment in a company will be successful is the determination of the CEO. That that the determination factor was really the most important thing because you get so much bad news in the early days. It's very easy to give up, and um, and so I, I I saw that and I and I kind of had to laugh a little bit because that is spot on. And I think for us it was uh, you know in the early days. It was all bad news, and at every turn, it's setbacks. And geez, you know, I, we're, we're trying to do something, and we're told it's going to cost thirty thousand, and it turns out it's going to cost a hundred thousand. I mean, it's just all those kinds of things. And um, and it would have been really easy to give up. And and uh, I'm really proud of the fact that we we didn't give up, and we've kept building. And now we've got you know a a brand and a in a business really on the cusp of. Doing some amazing things, and and um, you know it would have been so easy just to throw in the towel, you know, a year ago or or more, and just say ah, you know, let's go do something else. But um, I'm really glad that we uh, that we hung in there. Um, and in terms of you know how we operate, um, you know, Michael uh, really looks to to me and to into uh, Glenn, our other partner, really run the business on the day to day. The three of us meet on anything important, uh, anything major. And even some even fun stuff we get we like to we like to get together. Yeah you know, Michael loves you know, naming beers and coming up with ideas for branding and promotions and stuff like that. So um uh, we we do have some silly conversations, but uh, anything that's important, uh, all three of us have to buy in and be a hundred percent committed to doing it. and um, and that's how we've run, you know how we've run the company since the inception. And, uh, I think, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, that's probably how we'll, we'll, uh, we'll continue to, uh, you know, to manage it. But, um, but that's, you know, at work that's been working for us, you know, who knows, you know, we get bigger, it's like any other company, things could change and, and, uh, you know, more people get added to the mix, but right now we're, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty lean and nimble and, and, uh, we're having a good time doing it. Um, and I guess as, as far as advice, there's, there's really, I guess, two, parts to that, you know, one is if you are, if somebody is, um, you know, entrenched in a career and is thinking about making a move, um, you know, I can share with them what happened there, um, you know, with me was, you know, I just, I had sort of an internal, you know, internal flame, I guess, burning to to be an entrepreneur. I just really felt like I I didn't want, you know, my time on the planet to come to an end without giving it a swing no idea whether i'd be successful or not um you know in my heart i felt i could do it but in reality you know i i didn't know till you get out there and you and you try it and it's it's super scary um there are many nights where i you know couldn't sleep there are nights mm-hmm. where you wake up and you go what are you doing man just go get a job um and i w- i kind of thought to myself if i ever wake up in the morning and i still feel that way i'll take it seriously but I'd get up in the morning and I'd be like, okay, let's go make this happen. And just, you know, that goes back to a little bit of that determination, I guess. you know I'm one of those idiots that uh, has more determination than sense. And uh, I just get up and go, hey, man, let's just, we're going to figure out how to make this work. And if we have to pivot, if we have to change, we have to look at things differently, we will. And then the other half of that question, Joe, which might be, you know, helpful, um, you know, for you know, any of the younger folks listening is, you know, how to break into the business. My my son just graduated from Arizona State. He's very interested in marketing and brand marketing and loves the beer industry. Um, and, you know, for, for I'll tell, you know, your listeners what I told him is that, you know, the beer industry is very much like sports. Um, And that there seems to be more people, more talented people even that want to get in than there are openings. And Mm -hmm. so it really comes down to finding a way in whatever that is. And there's no job that is, you know, beneath any of us to do if you really want in i told my son i said you you, look you may get a phone call that you need to you know go help somebody at another brewery you know five hours away and you got to sleep in the car the answer is yes go do it because you never know where that's going to lead and so i told him i said you talk to anybody and everybody and get whatever job you can uh to break in once you're in you're building foundational experience then, you know, who knows where that can take you, especially for young people. You know, the the, the world has changed so much. There's so many opportunities uh, today that didn't exist, you know, decades ago when I was a young guy. Um, yep. But, you know, just do whatever it takes to get in. And I don't care. You know, I told him he's got a degree in marketing. I said, it doesn't matter. Um, you'll, you'll get to use that later. Don't don't, you know, hold out for some vice president of marketing because it's not going to come. Uh, you're going to go be a bar back. You're going to go make deliveries of beer. You're going to do whatever it takes uh, to get in. And then you can start to think about, um, you know, putting that degree <laughs> to work down the road or even take side projects. You know, and I said, look, you'll get, you'll get offers for side projects. Do that on nights and weekends, you know, um, whatever it takes, just get your, get your foot in the door. Cause once you're in, then you never know where, you know, your career can take you.
1: Yep. Good advice. The other advice I give a lot of our young people is marry rich that solves a lot of things too.
0: Yeah, that and six good <laughs> numbers of the lottery, right? If right, you can hit exactly. that, that's the 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 the, yeah. the ultimate.
1: Um so prime before we let you go, most importantly, uh tell us where people can find out more about Michael Waltrip Brewing, everything that you guys are doing, um, whether it's on the investment side, on the drinking side, on the memorabilia side, on the merch side.
0: Yeah, I think um just go to Michael Uh, it's a great place to get started. We're also, you know, really active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, you can check us out on, uh, on those. Michael's a pretty good follow too. He's on Twitter a lot and uh, with some really funny stuff. So, uh, follow all of us, please.
1: Cool. Well, good luck with the business. We're looking forward to following it, uh, seeing how it goes. This has been incredibly helpful and incredibly, uh, interesting, especially since we've never really gone through, um, the licensing and especially on the brew side before. So uh, Brian Spurber, the CEO of Michael Waltrip Brewing, we wish you luck and thanks for joining us on the Cusp Show today.
0: Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate being on and uh, thanks a bunch. Cool. Once again, this has been the Cusp Show.
1: I'm Joe Favorito for my vacationing co-host, Tom Richardson. We've been talking craft breweries and the building of Michael Waltrip Brewing uh, here on the Cusp Show and we will see you down the road.